Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank and you for joining us. I'm back. <laughs> Indeed he is. I don't have to pretend that I was going to be Eric or whatever it was I did last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did an excellent job filling my shoes. You didn't. Yeah. It's almost like I was never there. <laughs> Eric was busy, but he's not this week. Actually, he is busy this week. He's busy doing this with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still busy doing uh, other stuff uh, uh, mostly around uh, moving, but things are looking up on that. Excellent. So, so yeah, I'm in a calm enough state where I can uh, dedicate a few hours of my time this week to talk about music. Boy, it's sad that I have to set aside time for that. That should be always, right? Right, indeed. <laughs> it is always, but now I'm, uh, well, I'm not even really getting paid for it, but it's just nice to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, thank you for joining us for episode 326. We are going to get right into the show. Uh, we'll start with the new songs. we got a lot of music to get to as we do. Mm -hmm. uh, on the 17th, the Pink Spiders released Freakazoid. That was on Pure Noise Records. Indervelt released self-titled Indervelt on Pogo Records. Lonesome Kings on the 17th also released Shotgun Full of Blues. 20th anniversary edition. We're going to talk more about that here in just a little bit. Fuerza Bruta released Contra on Warthog Speak and Mendeku Discock. That's a good release. Castillo released Pleasure and Pain also on Mendeku Discock, but uh, the other release was Battlescarred Records. Uh, and those are European and US labels, respectively, or vice versa. Uh, Boy Grub, they released Fuhrer, which is a single. The Hacked released Get Through, which is a mini LP. Restraining Order released Locked in Time on Triple B Records. We're going to be talking more about that here in a moment. The Oxys released Generation Irrelevant. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Love that title. That's great. Uh, Wrong Life and Paper Rifles released a split called Last Words of an Optimist on Limited Fun Records. Blur, that blur, yep, I always point it out because it is that blur. They released The Ballad of Darren on the 21st. Orlando Furioso released Voices on 1054 Records, and that just reminds me of a name that should be in a Mad Max movie, you know, like the, the latest and maybe upcoming Mad Max movie. Uh, Furiosa, I think, was Charlize Theron's character, right? In... <laughs> In the uh, last Mad Max, God, I don't know. Uh, I have I haven't seen that one, The Fury Road. Yeah, that yeah. movie. We're not a movie podcast, but I'm going to quickly say I went and saw that one in the theater because I'm a fan. I saw all the other Mad Maxes lots of years ago, and I actually watched them recently. Uh, as there is a sequel coming out uh, to the Mad Max Fury Road, oh. uh, coming out next year, I think May. Again, not the point. The point is. Uh, that movie I went to in theater and shit, it was like almost nonstop action. Like right when you get in, just car chases and explosions and all kinds of shit. There really wasn't a lot of downtime in that movie. It was mostly yeah. just, holy shit, there's stuff going on for yeah. an hour and 45 minutes. That's what I heard. I mean, I even <laughs> saw one critic uh, uh, in this review he was doing comparing it to a uh, a two-hour-long Wiley, Coyote, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
yeah, it's, uh, there you go. You get the characters in and you have them chase each other and it's a, it's just a cat and mouse movie, but with explosions and cars and uh, in this post-apocalyptic world. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I got to check that out. I've been telling myself that for, how long has it been out? Four years now? Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I haven't even seen the old Mad Max movies, not in their entirety anyway. I saw about half of the first one. So I'm a little... Road Warrior. A little behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that conversation stemmed from Orlando Furioso's release of Voices on 1054 Records. Came out on 21st. Also on the 21st, our pals in Bricks and Mortar released Something Ain't Right. The Wild Throats released You Are My Witch, which is a single. The Penske File released Half Glow on Stomp Records. Death Before Dishonor released Master of None, which is a single on Bridge Nine Records. Sewer Cats released Get It, a single on TNS Records. As December Falls released Join the Club. And I'm going to point out, As December Falls was the second interview on SLC Punkcast way back in August of 2017. In case you're curious, it was Chin Up Kid. They were the first... Followed by As December yeah. Falls, and then our three Peter. I think they were on three times, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe uh, Richie Bruiser might have been on three times. Anyway, the band Step Thirteen. They were number three. In yeah. case, uh, in case you're trying to keep track out there, another band we did an interview with, probably about a year after that, was Audible Joe's, and they also had a release on the 21st. It was called Songs to Keep You Up at Night, which is an EP. The Feel Good McLeods released On Strike, which is a single. The O'Reilly's and the Patty Hats with Fiddler's Green released Wake the Rebels, which is a single. Dirtbox Disco released a new one called Rock, Rock Apocalypse, but the spelling's not what you think. I mean, not exactly. You'll have to go look it up, but it's Dirtbox Disco. Uh, the Protesters release came out because we are... Uh, that's on the 22nd. I, it's CD right now, so you can definitely get the CD ordered. And if you're in Indonesia or thereabouts, you can probably get it relatively quick. Otherwise, you're, either gonna, you're probably going to have to wait for the time being. But it's worth the wait. The protester's awesome. Played a track uh, last week and looking forward to the remainder, getting my hands on it so we can play something from the band uh, as well uh, that's newer or previously unreleased. Cemented in Fear... They released From Purgatory to Heaven on 1054 Records on the 23rd. Clean Slate released PHC, which is a single on Still Ill. Desborde released a split with Incendiaria on the 24th. Dead Streets, they released Hello Catastrophe EP. We'll be playing something from that on an upcoming episode. Uh, American Justice uh, released This Tradition Lives, which is an EP. Uh, not specifically out on Liberty or Death Records, or maybe it is. I think by you know Liberty or Death Records definitely promoting it on their social medias, but the Bandcamp page was specific to American Justice, not uh, Liberty or Just or Liberty or Death Records. Cool release though. Mm -hmm. I listened to all four tracks earlier today. That came out today, the twenty sixth. Maybe they should uh, combine their names, Liberty and Death. <laughs> it's like, huh? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, City Windows, they release or will be releasing Velvet Divorce on the 27th. Dead Heat is releasing Endless Torment EP on the 28th. Uh, a few other 28th releases. I'm sure there'll be plenty more uh, once the 28th comes, but the ones we know about. Diesel Boy releasing Gets Old on Zvam Records. Two Minute Minor releasing Come Carry Us Home. I think that's an EP. The Drowns are releasing Wonk Unit, which is a uh, the Drowns are not releasing Wonk Unit. The Drowns and Wonk Unit are releasing a split 7-inch on Pirates Press Records. 
1983, the band, they are putting out their release, NE3, on the 28th. And we played something from them, and they reached out to let me know because I was thinking, I don't know, maybe it's something on the periodic table or, or something like that because it's N, uppercase N, lowercase E, and the number three. That's how it's stylized. Ah. Well, uh, you know, me, I'm just want mind wandering. What the hell could that be? And I was talking about it on the episode last week. And well, fortunately, they reached out and they said, well, when you search the number, because their band is stylized as the number 1983, hence the year 1983, a lot of shit comes up, makes it hard to find. So they're tr- kind of trying to transition the band's name into NE3, 1983, NE3. <laughs> so as soon as he told me that, I was like, oh, fuck, that makes a lot of sense. And I can see it now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless they were able to make it as a man, if they do it at Roman numeral style, like the whole, like the whole way three, uh, the whole way through, I think that would be L and triple X and then one, two, three lines. That could, but then yeah. that that um, would just be eighty three. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'd have to I have to look into. I that I think the one. M right M's a thousand, so you'd have to have yeah, M's a thousand. M, uh, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, the M, point is, and like nine C's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the point is, is the band it will I'll now be easier to search for list. with the NE three. The final release on the twenty eighth is Captain Oi presents one hundred and one tracks of Oi Oi Mayhem, classic Oi singles from nineteen seventy seven to eighty five. I'm really excited to check that out. I'm sure most of them will be tracks that I have heard of, but even the ones that I've heard of. I bet some of them will be like, oh, shit, I haven't heard that in a while. Great to have the reminder. I'm looking forward to it. And then other ones that obviously are going to match great tracks that I'm going to be excited for. And I will get to hopefully discover some other ones that have slipped by the wayside or whatever. Okay, the Roman numerals are M-C-M-L-X-X-X-I-I-I. All right, it might be easier just to stick with any three. Probably. M-C-M-L. I know that... Yeah, now M is a thousand, C is a hundred, but what's the other M doing there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's probably, but in order, it's reducing. So it's probably, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, the reduction. That way you don't have to actually list out every single one. You have the pre and post, which is the number, and then mm-hmm. reducing the number. Anyway, Hooligan released First Defense, or will be releasing First Defense on Sunny Bastard Records and Lake Town Records on the 29th. Must Be Wrong will be releasing Lost Identity on the 30th on Melodic Punk Style. Adriatic will be releasing Creel on the 1st of August. A Day at the Station will be releasing a self-titled Day at the Station on the 2nd. Skinflix will be releasing Gentrified for Your Sins, which is a single. I'm looking forward to that. I've already pre-ordered it. Piss Ant is releasing Summer Promo 23 on Upstate Records. And finally, on the 4th, Raging Nathan's putting out another split with a band called Story Changes. And that's on Rad Girlfriend Records. A few that are coming out soon, maybe within that window, but I didn't find the release dates. No Consent will be releasing See You in Hell. Mess is releasing Under Attack. Unwanted Noise will be releasing Bury Me on the South Shore. Nagon's releasing Generations of the Wasteland. Stun Grenades are releasing Punk Rock, Don't Pay the Bills. That's true. Ah, (laughs) Unless you're Fat Mike. (laughs) True. (laughs) Entre Vandals are releasing Akrit's E. Cops, I guess. 
They're Spanish. That's something in Spanish, I assume. And finally, the hard crops are putting out something, too. Uh, I don't know the release dates. Some of those might even be a month out, but they could be within the window. Haven't been able to find the release dates. Some might just pop up. Eric, what do you have to add to the list? Uh, let's see. A few things. On the 17th, the uh, Move BHC, Boston Hardcore, uh, released their uh, yeah, One Million Experiments single. We played that on the show a few weeks ago. Right. And it's, st- it's still a pretty damn good single. Can't wait for the upcoming album. On the 19th, Code Orange released a uh, new single called Take Shape, which features Billy Corgan, of all people, which is really bizarre. That is really bizarre. <laughs> it's like we all know how Code Orange sounds. Well, they kind of changed their sound up a little bit, but I don't think we ever expected Billy Corgan to do a collaboration with those guys because we've seen what K- Billy Corgan does. He destroys everything around him. (laughs) (laughs) But if you've heard Smashing Pumpkins, you know, even Smashing Pumpkins goes out there, but not in the same way Code Orange does. So I have to listen to it. I listened to the first 10 seconds of it, then I got busy doing something else and stopped paying attention. (laughs) But, (laughs) But yeah, people have got a lot to say about it around the circuit. Anyway, on the 21st, uh, Endless Torment released it, uh, released <laughs> Locked in Time. We'll be, uh, no, we won't be talking about that one. That's a, that's a different band. Uh, God Collider released Ground Clean, their new single. And Body Count released a single of Point the Finger, which is a track from their last album, Carnivore, but as an instrumental. So, yeah, they just basically took out Ice-T and uh, Riley Gale and just released that. <laughs> of course, the A-side is the, the song itself. I don't know if they're doing it as sort of a tribute to Riley Gale because he uh, passed away about a year after um, Carnivore was released. Okay. So, so yeah, I don't, know what their, uh, I don't know what the reason is behind it. Maybe they're just trying to keep the hype going while they're kind of stagnant. Or maybe just to be like, don't worry, we know that <laughs> we know that ill will was kind of a fucking, or not ill will, the sick new world. <laughs> that, that was kind of a disaster, but we're still kicking. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, on July 24th, my friend Andrew down in Arizona has a new band called Hard Luck, and they just released their first EP, All That's Left For You. I haven't listened to it yet because I can only find it on Spotify. I do not have Spotify, so... I have heard a song from it, though. My friend actually got the masters because, you know, we're all friends here. <laughs> we, we all know what everyone's doing. And she showed me the masters through her, uh, you know, the little phone speakers. So I got, a, I got a bit. Okay. Got a bit, and it sounds good. You're doing well down there, Andrew. Uh, then the, the 26th, Total Serial and Komodonesia did a split EP. And... Yes, the 28th, I wait with bated breath to hear more from Dead Heat. Cool. Can't wait yep. to hear the rest of that uh, Endless Torment EP. And finally, on the 4th, our, our friends from down south, Provo, <laughs> <laughs> Backhand, are releasing their first album, The Big Game. And they're going to have a tour following that as well. I'll have to be sure to plug that in time. But I don't think they're hitting, in, hitting the road until... Uh, until like mid-August, I want to say. But I'll keep you guys up to date with that. So that's all I have for uh, new releases. Excellent. Well, we're going to talk about some new releases. Two quick bits of news that I came across today. Uh, one, not so punk. Sinead O'Connor passed away. She was only like 55 or 56, something like that. Yeah, I actually got that news on the radio. I was listening to KRCL at work. And then I heard them say Sinead O'Connor, who passed away. I was like, wait a minute. 
Sinead O'Connor. No, I was thinking, I was confusing her with uh, Dolores O'Riordan, who passed away in 2017. That's the singer of the Cranberries. Okay. And I got those two confused because, you know, when Dolores had her short hair, she looked alike to Sinead. Right. You know, two female Irish vocalists who had short hair or no hair at all, who got really big in the 90s. It's kind of hard to <laughs> differentiate between the two. It's true. But the only difference is uh, Dolores did not get kicked off of SNL. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Sinead did, did the whole, like, uh, you know, fight the real problem, ripping up a picture of the Pope on live TV. Pretty ballsy. Right? Fucking love that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, RIP Sinead. Like, uh, God damn, that <laughs> really sucks. 56, like, uh, I read a quick article about it. The uh, family basically said, we want to put it out so everybody knows, but in this time, we'd like to be kind of left alone, whatever. Oh, Which, yeah. obviously, you'd want to respect. But they didn't say why, and I'm curious as to why she's 56 years old. She's not that old. 56 is not that old, so it's really unfortunate that that she passed away. She's not like mm -hmm. she was 80, 90, and you're like, yeah, you know, we get to that <laughs> so age. She was on her way happens, out the door, <laughs> right? It's like 56, so that's that's kind of crazy. So hopefully it wasn't something miserable and painful. But uh, yeah. there you go, that happened. And then the other bit of news: Anti Flag broke up his band. I know, because apparently Justin is a predator. Yes. <laughs> Oh yes. God, that was such a yet such a weird bit of news to come across. Like, because uh, I mean, I've, I've been talking about this with uh, uh, with Sid, who is uh, he's, she's unapologetically and vocally open with her opinions about this, and and she was like, "Anti flag, yeah, the way that they handled this is just really weird." I, I was reading that. I only came across it today, and yes, they have. Rem Taken down their website, removed all their social medias. Those don't exist anymore. Yeah, canceled all their uh, patrons, Patreon subscribers. Right. That's where they made. That's where the initial announcement was kind of made. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. They they noticed like all the socials were taken down, no announcement, and then they were looking on all their Patreon subscribers saw that all of their subscriptions were uh, canceled. They were no longer paying mo doing monthly payments, and it left a little note on the thumbnail saying, "We have disbanded." Wow. Yeah. And people are like, why? It's like, well, apparently uh, someone came out saying that Justin Sane uh, locked a woman in his hotel room and apparently uh, was choking her and Jeez. doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of abusive shit behind doors. And that's about all we know. We, they the band hasn't said anything until today. They made it. They made the announcement saying the you know this took us by fucking shock. We had no idea what was going on, and. Of course, since we've uh, stood, a gr stood our ground against such heinous acts against other people, we can't feel, we don't feel like it's right to continue as a band, being that, you know, even if we kick out Justin, we're still basically associated with him. Right. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's a tricky fucking situation. And, you know, we don't know if this is an isolated incident or if this is something that was ongoing or anything like that. Well, so I have kinda, no idea. Yeah. I'm not one of those uh, don't believe, believe, whatever. I, I think that uh, anybody that's going to accuse somebody of something should always be taken seriously. But there are cases proven that uh, people have falsely, because there are shitheads, evil bastards that are going to assault people, right? That, yeah. That's just unfortunately what happens. 
It happens. There's fucking dirtbags out there. But there's also people on the other side of the coin that are going to lie about shit. And I'm not saying this because I have no idea. I have zero idea about the circumstances. My personal feelings about Anti-Flag, lots of years ago, huge fan. Love their music. The last few years for me, they've seemed really fucking whiny. And I'm like, eh, I don't really give a shit. These guys are kind of fucking whiny at this point, And I'm over them. $40 t-shirts. Exactly. Yes. We, I told that story. Yeah. Yes. We, we bent down that dusty road. Yes. Right? Exactly. So I, I don't say one way or the other. I don't know enough details. The only things that I read were uh, that supposedly on some podcasts that people were saying nobody, some nobody podcast, which I don't know what it is, so I'm not commenting about it. This is just what somebody commented on, and they were saying basically some podcast out there that they'd never even heard of. Some lady got on, said some stuff. Didn't even name a name, but somehow people interpreted it as being just insane. And so I didn't hear the article, didn't see anything else. Just this is like second, third hand information. This is the only information I have. And I'm not going to look into it any further because I really don't care. But I just read that. And the whole reason why I'm giving that context is I read the letter that Justin Sane sent out. I read the letter that the other three band members sent out, two separate letters. And they sent them out, I guess, a week after they basically ghosted their fans by shutting everything off and not saying anything. And mm -hmm. then they waited about a week, right? And then they gave their excuse, well, we waited this long because, you know, mm -hmm. uh, not something we were expecting to deal with, didn't know how to deal with it really, and this is just kind of what it was. So they yeah. kind of put that out there. And I don't fault anybody for that. I mean... It's if, actually kind of intelligent the way they did that. Sure. It's like, shut down the social medias and people's like, oh, yeah, they're going into hiding. It's like, well... Not exactly. They don't want to have to deal with the barrage of hateful comments or even defensive comments going on there because yeah. anything that is said on there, if, you know, the plaintiff can take all of those comments and the defendants can take all those comments and use it to their own advantage sure. in the case. Sure. So that was pretty intelligent. That was a pretty intelligent move. And of course, they waited that long because something like this, it's not meant to be reactionary. Right. <laughs> you know, and... You know, everyone is so expectant of like a, of like a solution the next day. Right. It's, you know, they want answers. It's like, yeah, we want answers too, but answers take time. True. So the fact that they allowed all of this to sort of uh, settle, it's like take your time, choose your words, and really think about what you want to say, you know, under the guidance of your lawyers, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> and just, and then make your statement that way and just try and keep it as, quiet as possible but no public case like this is going to be kept quiet everyone's got something to say about it i agree and the the only i, I don't like i said i don't know enough information to have an opinion one way or the other i only believe that if somebody has an accusation about something they should always be taken seriously doesn't mm -hmm. mean that all accusations are true because that's false all accusations are not true. There's plenty of cases yeah. out there, and we don't need to go into the details where people made false accusations, right? <laughs> but they should always be taken seriously. It almost sounded like a Zen riddle. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I agree. I, I agree with that. It's like you don't if someone's coming at you with that, you have to think, okay, yes, I hear you. But what else do you have that'll make me believe you? Exactly. And I didn't know the details you said, uh, the specifics, the specifics being locking somebody in a hotel room and choking the person, right? I mean, that's really hard to misinterpret. You either did that thing 
which is not good. You can't do those things. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't assault people that way. That's not a misinterpretation of, well, I thought you did, but you didn't kind of, you know, and I don't want to get into those arguments yeah. either. It's just, it's like, that's really cut and dry. You either mm. did that, and that's bad, and you should be punished for it, or you didn't do it. Yeah, unless it's a erotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Because that is a there thing. There you go. That, uh, that is a thing. It's like if it's true. consensual choking. So that's true. I didn't think about that because I've that's not my thing. But yeah. you were right. And there is such a right. thing. There is such a thing. <laughs> Even if it is consensual, there is such a thing as going too far. Right. So yeah, there's a. Like, this is all me talking hypotheticals. It's like if this. Yeah, we don't know the details. Yeah, if this gets back to uh, if this somehow gets back to uh, Justin and the rest of Anti Flag or any of the uh, victims. Uh, yeah, the victims or the victims' families, then uh, just take everything we're saying with a grain of salt. We don't know what the fuck we're doing here. We don't. <laughs> so. And we're not trying to pose that we know anything or push anything, just the information that we have heard. And again, stressing, all accusations should be taken seriously. That, yes. first and foremost. Yes, yes, yes. The only reason why I really brought it up and have talked about it as much is because in those letters, I find it very funny, the funny part that the letters that they write about how they are the pro- Believe, you know, whatever the social media things, you know, believe all people, whatever that yeah, is, right? Always, uh, always believe the victim. Yes, that. Yeah. So they write that, both parties, both, you know, the party of three and then the individual, Justin Sane, but then the other band members, they all write that. But then they both, after they've put that out there, because that's the type of people they are, the, the beliefs that they've had, the things that they've pushed, whatever, uh, that... The three are like, well, we've never seen Justin do anything like that. They caught us off guard. You know, we've never he's never demonstrated any of those behaviors. And then Justin saying after he puts that out there to like, I believe these things, but then it's well, but I didn't do it. You know, I didn't do those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, you know, you gotta put something out there. Obviously, if you didn't do it, if he didn't do it, he would want to say he didn't do it. But yeah. it's just one of those uh uh, I, I don't know how else to n- not smile, and it's specific to D- Justin. Not has nothing to do with the lady. If she was victimized, that is awful, and he should absolutely be punished for it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just smiling as I read it, thinking to myself, you got to put this stuff out there. This is stuff that you say all the time, and now you're either being accused and you didn't do it, which how does that make you feel, right? When it's yeah. always believed, but you didn't do it, and so should you? Yeah. Should you, or is it you're always perpetuating that belief out there, but you're actually, when people aren't looking, doing shit you ain't supposed to be doing? It's one or the other. And either way, I've got to look at that guy and just smile and think, Mm -hmm. fuck you, guy. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, whatever way it goes, it's fuck you, guy. uh, Yeah, no matter (laughs) what the outcome is, he's going to be fucked. Right. (laughs) His his moral center is being challenged. Right. It's like either you're saving face and have been saving face for the last 25, 30 years, despite the fact that you had these uh, underlying issues that you never addressed and just kept under wraps. And again, how long has this been going on? Right. Or you have to turn your, or you just kind of have to turn coat on the fucking uh, believe all the victims rhetoric because now you yeah. are on the hot seat. Exactly. It's being exactly. accused for it. <laughs> and if you're not, <laughs> and if uh, you come back as innocent, 
you know, your reputation is still tarnished because there's still that percentage of people out there sure. that are going to be holding you, the middle finger towards you as like rapist, rapist, sex offender, whatever. Right. One <laughs> of those examples I wasn't putting out there was the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing. Like, at least it, as far as trial goes, it was believed that she was false. She was falsely ac accusing and all that, right? That's how the trial ended. Mm -hmm. And then, as you stated, there's still people that are going to believe her, even though that's not the way the trial worked. And I have no idea. I didn't watch it. I heard that it was <laughs> yeah. on TV, and I, that you go watch it all fucking day, and some people said that they did, which I didn't really care. But yeah. uh, I have no idea. Again, it's one of those things I didn't care about enough. There's too many problems in the world to care about every single one of them to yeah. that depth. To that depth, that is, right? Yeah, to that depth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, but... It's funny to me, just as you said, you, you, is he going to now be, if he didn't, if he legitimately didn't, and this is false, if he didn't, is Justin now going to be the, I'm going to believe every, I still think you should believe everybody, but I'm that one asterisk. I'm that one that didn't, <laughs> that didn't really apply here. <laughs> so believe yeah. me, but still go believe everybody else that's always, not me. Always <laughs> believe the victims. Right. Except for that one. Except for the one in my <laughs> circumstance, right? <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, R.I.P. anti-flag. They're not recovering from this. I know no. anti-flag. They're not going to get back together. Maybe 20 years down the road doing a little 50-year reunion tour or some shit. And when people kind of forgot, what was her name again? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're over anti-flag. Uh, neither of us, I think, are going to miss them. And uh, moving on. Yeah. New music for the show. Let's go. Yeah. Anti-flag, I've seen you a million times. You play the same set every time, so... Yeah, that's okay. I'll still spin the records. Right. Yeah, because I love the songs. I may not love the people anymore, but... It's true. Yeah, why should I love them? I don't know them. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, now that we got news out of the way... <laughs> yeah. We never do... We never, we never do the news, <laughs> but that just seemed like a lot of things that I came across just today. Yeah. I don't know, maybe that should be its own separate podcast, just a <laughs> daily thing of like, uh, hey, here's all the happenings in uh, punk rock this week. Studio's going to be up soon. You might be a new new part of the show. Yeah, it very well could be. <laughs> okay, but until then, let's talk about a restraining order. <laughs> wow, this really is <laughs> <it's> so seamless. <laughs> okay, restraining order. Yes, the... Restraining order from uh, West Springfield in Massachusetts. Well, sort of Massachusetts, sort of... Uh, uh, West Virginia, I think. Let okay. Me no, it's just uh, it's just Massachusetts. I'm thinking of another band that was like a, yeah, we're from uh, Tennessee, but we're also from uh, Virginia. Okay. Because they were on the a city that was on the state line. Cool. Okay. As far as I know, Springfield is uh, not <laughs> out of Massachusetts. <laughs> there's there is one that's in Illinois, but that's different. And then there's one in whatever state The Simpsons takes place in. <laughs> anyway, yeah, restraining order. They have, I read it, their members have, uh, they have members in Connecticut as well as Massachusetts. So they're kind of based out of both of those. But anyway, they formed back, uh, we'll just say the Northeast. Fuck it. There you go. <laughs> back in the Northeast in 2017, they released a demo and then a self-titled EP the following year. And then their first album in 2019, This World is Too Much. And the lyrics, so proclaimed as uh, documentations of the members' lives, more about the immediacy for lead singer Patrick Cozen's uh, wanting of a better world for himself. And learning to move on from hardship and challenging to view things in uh, different perspectives. And 
Nowhere are those points more emphasized on this album, the Locked in Time album, as it were, than Another Better Day. Lyrics just kind of say it all right here. I'm moving on. The past is the past. These things will never last. I'm moving on. Another better day. I need to start to look that way. And that's a song whose lyrics really hit home for me in this uh, current period of my life. I'm getting uh, booted out of my place, got to find somewhere else to stay, and now I'm in a state of reevaluation. It's like, okay, this kind of puts things into perspective. Look at this current place in which I'm living, the people I'm living with. What about them is important? What am I happy to leave behind? What do I, what am I looking forward to that I want that's better? You know? And these people, yeah, sure, they're acquaintances. Some of them are even friends, but I've never lived with them. This could end in disaster. Am I willing to take that risk? And also, what do I need? What have I been sharing with my roommates that I need, like amenities and sorts? <laughs> like, I am minus in kitchenware. I don't have any pots or pans or anything like that. I've just been using his. So, <laughs> so yeah, all those little uh, menial uh, menial things. But then you're looking at the places you want to stay in. You look at the pricing. You look at uh, how, you know, how expensive one is going to be. And then you start looking at your job, thinking, oh, should I be working somewhere else, somewhere that pays more? And then... Well, what should I be doing for work? <laughs> Something that, do I like where I'm at now? Or do I hate it? Or am I just kind of uh, complacent with it? So yeah, a lot of things happen. <laughs> and these are day-to-day struggles that we all face in one form or another. And Restraining Order is here to say it with, just basically say, keep your head up, man. There's always another better day on the horizon. So here we are, the newest from Restraining Order. Crank it up.
Yeah, quite a bit of urgency in that song. Right? <laughs> yeah. That whole Restraining Order album, uh, Locked in Time, it's great. Front to back, it's a, it's a solid new release from these guys. And it's, uh, yeah, I got, nothing, I got nothing bad to say about it. So Restraining Order. Uh, break the restraining order and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's enough uh, edgy humor from me for the next uh, five minutes. Uh, what have we got now, Dustin? Yeah, uh, a lot of opening there, so let's get into a lot of music now. Uh, first one I've got, Convict Class, our pals down uh, down under. Convict and, Class, the yes. convict, f- someone who broke the restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, they're from Warnambool in Australia, and I have no idea if I say that right, but that's where our pals are from. Uh, I want to thank Shane for reaching out every time. Convict Class has got something going on. Uh, I've been really excited to hear this track. Just got it a few days ago. I forgot to mention it at the top of the show with the new stuff, so Wank Sock is their single, and Wank Sock is actually coming out this Friday on the 28th, so that's when you'll be able to get it. And especially if you're in Australia, obviously, a closer proximity, the shipping's better, but some things are probably worth it. And you can get, you get a, I want to say it's a free pair of socks, right? Don't quote me on that. I think that's what it was. But uh, you got to go check it out. Go over to the Bandcamp page. It won't be till the 28th, though. Go check them out on their social medias. We'll get to those. But uh, thank you again to Shane. Uh, I I saw a mock-up of the Wank Socks, and they are (laughs) hilarious. The album artwork that goes with this particular single is fantastic, too. Just It's very fitting. Covers the band and name and all that stuff, but uh, very fitting for the track. Uh, let's get into it. Let's listen to some more music. Here we go with Wank Sock from Combat Class. Sunday morning, life is a drag. Off to the shop, I'm gonna buy a mag. See the latest Playboy edition. Gonna be my cock in your submission. Oh, 
what'd you think of that one? Oh, that was so immature. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> oh, so it's hilarious. Uh, great track. The Funny. Wank sock. Wank sock, indeed. <laughs> never, heard a, never heard it described with uh, that vocabulary. <laughs> or not vocabulary, that, that certain lexicon. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Uh, Shane, thank you again. It was fantastic. Always looking forward to more from Convict Class. Uh, and like I said, make sure you go to their social medias. You'll probably get more of the details there. Uh, like I said, I've seen the mock-ups, but go to their band camp on or around the 28th. I believe August is another band camp Friday, so not obviously this Friday, but the following Friday should be a band camp Friday, so you can always throw it on your in your cart or on your favorites or saved or whatever that is you do in Bandcamp, and then you can pick it up on Friday. Next yeah, Friday. you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-order it. Exactly. I mean, can you do that with the... Uh, I think you can... D- I know you can do that with, like, a physical uh, records. Like, you can pre-order it, and then they'll uh, send out the physical copy to you. But I don't know if you can do that with, like, a... Digital, you downloads. can. It's only if the band has put it up for pre-order. Like, they don't always do that. Sometimes okay. it's just that release date, and that's when they're putting it out. But some bands, typically what I've noticed, it's like the labels, like Pure Noise Records is really good. Like I get notifications two to three months out, and you mm. can pre-order the digital, and you'll get one, two, three tracks, whatever, up to that, you know, whatever's out at that point. And then when the album actually releases, you get the rest. Uh, I think Rad Girlfriend Records does it. There's a handful out, but for the most part, it's like the... Bandcamp pages run by the labels are typically where I see it. But anybody could do it. Right. I don't know. I haven't gotten to the Bandcamp page, but I definitely plan to on Friday for Convict Class. All of you should as well. Let's get into the next band. Uh, We're going to head up to Canada, specifically St. John in New Brunswick, for the band Willful Disobedience. I got an email just about 10 days ago from Corey. He's the drummer in the band. Thank you, Corey. Uh, the band Willful Disobedience released Dedication back in March. It was March 9th of this year. Uh, went through a handful of the tracks. You could also go check them out streaming. You know, most of the stuff, you could always check out streaming first. If you, you, know, you hear the track with us, you can go hear a few more tracks, but you can stream them on Bandcamp, uh, a lot of the bands anyway. And then uh, once you decide you're ready to support the bands, do so. Uh, Willful Disobedience, off of Dedication, we're going to check out a track called Strike.
Well, you know, that reminded me a lot of St. Vitus. Okay. You know, that was, uh, yeah, and St. Vitus specifically, because that was one of the few bands that was signed to SST Records back in the 80s that sounded more closely related to Black Sabbath rather than Black Flag. <laughs> Yet they were still, like, in uh, cahoots with the uh, with the punks, pretty much. And, you know, they were, like... Uh, you know, that tone, that fuzzy tone in this song, it reminded me of the guitar tone that was used in all of those bands. Cool. So it was like a, you know, kind of a, yeah, like I said, fuzzy and a little bit muddy. And the only thing that made a difference is St. Vitus was always very mid-tempo. They were a doom metal band. Right. You know, they just happened to be signed to a punk label. But that's what these guys reminded me of. <laughs> they just knew how to pick it up. So it was like a doom-style oi. You know? <laughs> I don't know if they've been described that way, but I want to thank uh, Corey for reaching out and getting to, uh, Willful Disobedience on the radar. Go check out that album, Dedication. Next up, we're going to play the band Lonesome Kings. So we're kind of transitioning in from the newer stuff to the older stuff, and this is kind of a bridge in that gap, meaning Lonesome Kings just released Shotgun Full of Blues, the 20th anniversary edition. So it officially released on July 17th of this year, but it originally released way back in 2003, 20 years ago, hence the 20th anniversary edition. Uh, thank you to Rock and Roll Manifesto, specifically Greg Lonesome, who hosts the show, and Greg Lonesome, if you couldn't figure out, is in the band Lonesome Kings. He does vocals in Lonesome Kings. So uh, we definitely don't get around to playing enough psychobilly slash blues-ish whatever uh, other things that somebody could use to describe. I think it has a, a lot of that psychobilly sound as they do use an upright bass, but have, you know... I mean, it's shotgun full of blues, and that's why I'm bringing up the blues thing, not to say that they specifically describe themselves this way or have heard anybody else. To me, very psychobilly, uh, very cool. I like it. There is, on this 20th anniversary edition of Shotgun Full of Blues, there are 23 tracks. So there's 13 tracks plus a variety of demos, uh, a couple other mixes, and you can go over to rnrmanifesto.bandcamp.com, and then that's where you can check this out. They have a few other releases in, on future episodes. We'll be talking about a couple compilations that they put together. But uh, once again, uh, I want to thank the well anybody who who reaches out and shares, but specifically here, uh, Greg Lonesome. I want to thank him for reaching out, sending this our way. Like I said, we don't play enough Psychobilly, so uh, <laughs> always a good reason to play some more Psychobilly. And because of that, we're going to play two tracks. One's just under two minutes, but we're basically playing the bookends of the first 13. So we're going to go with Death Trip. Then we'll go with track number 13 before you start into the demos called Riding Shotgun. So let's check those out. We'll see what you think. Let's play them back to back. <laughs> Thank you. 
Lonesome Kings. Didn't that last one there, Riding Shotgun, was the second track. Didn't that remind you of like a cooler version of something you'd hear in a Western? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Except I'm actually hearing it as like a, you know, getting away in a Cadillac. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. See, the cooler version. It's like the updated version of the Western. Okay, But like yeah. the Cadillac cruising through like New Mexico or something, that kind of Western. How's that? Yep. <laughs> you know, you wonder why you wonder why Western films is like, why don't we have the equivalent of that in the East? It's like, yeah, you do. It's called gangster films. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's the wild east. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's cool stuff there. Thank you again to Greg. Go check out uh, the Rock and Roll Manifesto. It's over on Real Punk Radio. You can go over to Real Punk Radio. Uh, our friends over at On The Nod, their podcast is also hosted there at Real Punk Radio, but you can check out Rock and Roll Manifesto, which is hosted by Greg, and check out all the cool stuff they're doing, and like I said, uh, on a future episode, might be over on Punk and Roy Worldwide, but I'm going to talk about uh, a couple of compilations that were put together through, or by Greg, but through Rock and Roll Manifesto as well. So go check out Shotgun Full of Blues on the rnrmanifesto.bandcamp.com. Eric, uh, let's get into your your older, lesser known as we transition through this. Yeah, my older, lesser known. It's not necessarily older. It just came out a, a few months ago. But by it is by a, a very long-lasting yet somewhat relatively unknown hardcore band called Incendiary. Unless you're in the hardcore scene, this band is uh, relatively unknown to you. But Incendiary, they started way back in 2007, all the way from Long Island. And they've been pretty. They've been pretty consistent in uh, not just their members. They still have the same four members. Nice. And good for them. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Good for them. Almost twenty years, and they haven't <laughs> had a lineup change. But they haven't put out uh, so many albums. They only have uh, right now four albums to their name. Just four. Um, but before that, they did Among the Filth. That was their first EP back in two thousand eight, and they did splits with uh, Suburban Scum, Zabalba, and Unrestrained. Cool. And it wasn't until '09 they released their first album, Crusade. Then they signed to Closed Casket Activities in two thousand something. I don't know what year exactly they did, but for those of you who don't know, Closed Casket Ac- Casket Activities. That is the label that's sort of the mecca for a lot of uh, heavy bands who have come out since the 2000s. They've, uh, yeah, they're like this century's Victory Records. Cool. <laughs> and hopefully they don't follow in the same path of Victory Records true. as far as, you know, <laughs> screwing over their artists. That's true. That's you true. Fuckers. Yeah, don't do what Trustkill did. <laughs> don't do what Victory did. But anyway, they've. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Closed Casket, they've housed bands like Acacia Strain, Full of Hell, Downpressor, God's Hate, Harm's Way, Gulch, Nails, Twitching Tongues, Vein FM, Portrayal of Guilt, and many, many more. And Incendiary is among one of the greatest. So through that, they released their, uh, yeah, the albums that really pretty much put them on the map. Cost of Living in 2013 and Thousand Mile Stare in 2017. And now they come back with Change the Way You Think About Pain, which was just released last, uh, what was it, April, wasn't it? Uh, no, 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 May. May. And it's it's incendiary. It's going on with the, they say they're going on with the idea of uh, refining their sound that, uh, that defines them rather than reinventing it. Right. So... 
You got a ton of metallic riffs, intonated leads, chuggy breakdowns, sociopolitically acidic narratives that lead to polarizing chants that would be sure to initiate a pileup from the diehards <laughs> looking to grab that mic and have a turn and screaming the lyrics. Case in point, the the fucking chant in this in today's song, every window deserves a brick. Every window deserves Yeah, it's pretty fucking it's great. So uh, yeah, the thing is with this uh, album, it's not really straying too far from uh, yeah from incendiary sound, but not even also their lyrics. I mean, Brent, their singer Brandon, uh, Brandon Garone, his he has a lot of uh, you know he puts a lot of his pol- socio political views into his lyrics, and uh, also has a lot of brings in a lot of his uh, introspective uh, personal struggles, and. And yeah, that's pretty much the same with most hardcore bands these days, but that's what Incendiary's been doing. It's like they're not trying to reinvent the wheel, just trying to keep the grease going. That's how I see it. So yeah, the song where this chant comes from, Echo of Nothing, it... Let me say this. When it comes to hardcore bands like uh, this, I'm not really paying attention to the music, or not trying to as much anymore, but the subject matter of their songs, because... Even if the music doesn't sound different from uh, the next hardcore band, they've got some uh, they got some songs that are talking about issues that most everyone is talking about, but focusing on the stuff that people are not paying attention to. So, Echo of Nothing it actually stems from this migrant crisis in Europe, and they the migrants are coming from uh, you know they're seeking asylum from the war torn countries of Libya and Syria, and. While the media is focusing on those who have, uh, you know, who have made it and are trying to like settle into, uh, you know, into new surroundings, uh, here we're focusing more on those who were captured during the pilgrimage, and they were forced to return home only to be imprisoned and forced into labor camps, and how such conditions basically become a breeding ground for such resentment, which can ultimately lead to violence against their oppressors and even amongst themselves. So that's what they're getting at here. It is, and yeah, Echo of Nothing, it's obscenely heavy, It's com- and it's coated with political vitriol, so that's where, what else do you want from a hardcore song, you know what I mean? Right. So, so here we are, Echo of Nothing, from the, one of the latest from Incendiary. Yeah! 
dries up The bread has turned to crumbs They'll look down at the street And use the stones to speak Every window deserves a brick 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 Every fucking window gets a brick Oh yeah <laughs> like, I'm, like I said you probably can't differentiate this song from any one of an Incendiary's uh, other albums. Like, uh, I'm just being honest here. I've listened to Incendiary for a few years, and I can I can point out a few songs and which album they came off of. But one, my memory ain't what it used to be. And <laughs> second, I haven't listened to Incendiary enough to really uh, capture the fucking music but i can tell you this one was the standout to me on this specific album because again i'm paying attention to the lyrics meanwhile my friend is uh you know before i came here she was uh just kind of fangirling over uh incendiary and how she's like oh i basically have all the lyrics memorized and i'm working on getting all these lyrics memorized i'm like okay well you're well tethered to <laughs> not even tethered tempered for when they uh come live uh, when they come play live which they never have. They never played in Salt Lake. You've been a band for almost 20 years. You never played in Salt Lake. Come on, you gotta guys. Fuck it. You got to stop fucking up, pals. Yeah, come on. <laughs> You're a hardcore band and you ain't played in Salt Lake. Yet. I know. I mean, we're getting Slapshot back, and it's been a good 20-plus years since they've been back here, or so I assume. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. In case you guys didn't know, Slapshot's coming to Salt Lake with sheer terror, and they're playing in a bar. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be a mess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was Paul Bear from uh, Sheer Terror who was like uh, so insistent on that. It's like, come on, all the skins are gonna come over and they're gonna get drunk. And Choke is like, all the straight agers are gonna come in and they're gonna beat up the drunks. <laughs> <laughs> that's neither. That's but that's nothing. Nothing to do with what we're uh, talking about here. Incendiary is still a great band. They're still putting out great music. If you like what you heard, listen to any of their fucking records. I don't want to. I don't want to say they all sound the same because, you know, they to the untrained ear, they sound the same. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like I said earlier, they're not reinventing themselves. They're just going through with their, uh, you know, with the sound to which people are most uh, with which people are most familiar. And, you know, they're not, you know, they're not uh, breaking any bones in the process, not uh, turning any faces in the in a negative way. <laughs> They're just giving the public what it wants, I guess. <laughs> but they find it satis they find it to be satisfying in their uh in their disposition. So I don't know. Who can really complain, I guess? <laughs> I'm not complaining. <laughs> if I didn't think they had anything of worth on this album, I wouldn't be playing anything from it. <laughs> so take that to the fucking bank, people. <laughs> All right. Mine, we're going to stay in New York, not too far from Long Island. We're heading to Brooklyn for the band The Craze. 
Uh, we've played Mad Mulligans several times. Definitely haven't played The Craze enough, so we're going to play something from their release that came out April 9th of 2020. It's called Singalongs for the Apocalypse. And this, these are the songs from the last session of the for the band before quarantine, as you know. Hence the four nine twenty release date. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with the craze, they started way back ninety three ninety four. I've seen two different, uh, well, yeah, two different on various sources, either ninety three or ninety four. Either way, twenty or about twenty years ago is when the band started. Uh, a few years back, this came out couple of the band members doing stuff with Mad Mulligans. We always play uh, new stuff when Mad Mulligans is putting stuff out. Uh, off of that sing-alongs for the apocalypse, I figured, you know what? We need to play more of the craze, so let's do it. And we're going to do a New York theme song. Here is The Ghost of New York. stuff out that they put over that 20 uh 20 year span that again was off of sing-alongs for the apocalypse just a few years ago that one came out the sing-alongs for the apocalypse and in a way it kind of was <laughs> it was so as they said last recording sessions was probably a couple weeks before because this released a couple weeks after quarantine started i'm curious as was this the plan for sing-alongs for the apocalypse? Or did, <laughs> you know, they have these few songs all put together and they were planning on putting out a release. I think I read that actually. Uh, and then they just released it. 
but was it uh, you know a post lockdown quarantine is when the name Singalongs for the Apocalypse came out. Mm. Maybe it's just a correlation. <laughs> Could have been a coincidence. Who knows? Could have been an omen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff there. We are going to do a couple uh, great cover to cover albums. We each have one here. In just a moment, we are going to do talk about some live shows, talk about some upcoming live shows. Uh, Eric, did you see any live shows in the well, since the last time you were on the show? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> the short answer is yes. I was going to say in the last week, but it could be uh, the week prior to, as you didn't come on to talk about whatever was in that prior week. Yes, the, the last two weeks. Right. I have four <laughs> shows to talk about. Wow. Four. Uh, well, let's get after it. So, yeah, the 15th. There were a few shows going on that night. There was Gogo Bordello. And then there was Trampled by Turtles that featured Amigo the Devil as the opener. It was one of the Twilight series shows. However, I had a ticket to go see the Trampled by Turtles show, but I got the dates mixed up, so I missed that one. Oh. I am still kicking myself in the ass. Damn it. <laughs> the thing was, I was looking at my email for the ticket, and then I saw the show. It was like August 29th. I'm like, oh, wait, that's not for another month. Yeah, August 29th. Last year, that was when I saw Amigo the Devil play at the at the fucking depot with his full band. So it wasn't until the day after I started seeing all my friends posting Amigo the Devil playing this, playing that. And I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> well, that sucks. Uh, it wasn't even the day after. It was like right after he finished his set when I was at another show that I saw that. I'm like, oh, God, I'm a, I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> I was planning on going to this show that I, uh, you know, I did attend. I just wanted to see Amigo first, and then I was dip out, head over to the DLC, and see Filth Lords, Goat Sifter, and All Systems Fail. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I was just at this show, and... Yep, it was great seeing Goat Sifter again and Filth Lords again, and all systems fail again. All three of those guys are like of a similar build. They are basically hardcore punk rock, a bit on the uh, crusty edge or the street edge or the gutter edge, whatever you want to say. <laughs> but yeah, but they all have like a different, they all have a same build, but they all sound differently. Filth Lords is kind of like if you took a, if you took Fugazi. And, like, just threw them into the gutter. <laughs> so that was a great one. And, of course, uh, Goat Sifter is just sort of like a uh, uh, just sort of like a uh, crusty, hardcore band with a lot of uh, satanic imagery. Okay. <laughs> and then All Systems Fail, well, All Systems Fail, I'll be getting into them in a minute. So right. <laughs> I'll save that for, uh, for later. But that was a great show. Uh, met a lady there who was uh, visiting from... Uh, uh, from Los Angeles, and she started up a conversation with me because she noticed the hat I was wearing. It is my snapback Lamb of God hat. So so she's like, I want to say Lamb of God is fucking awesome. It's like, yeah, all right. So we just started uh, geeking out about that, and uh, yep, just got her information on Instagram. Haven't talked to her since, but it's like, if you ever find yourself back up here, hit me up. I'll show you some of the cool hot spots here. Sweet. Yeah. You still got to check out our metal bar. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was the uh, Filth Lord show. On the 17th, I got to see X and the English Beat. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was great. I got in there, uh, I want to say like maybe a third of the way through the English Beat set. 
And those guys, as old as they are, the one of the original two-step ska aficionados, it was great seeing those guys. They closed their set with uh, the Mirror in the Bathroom song. And the funny thing is, um, I was hoping they would play that so that I could get a video of it, send it to my sister, because we sort of discovered English Beat around the same time. When we were younger, uh, my dad introduced us to Bob Marley. And my sister was obsessed with him for a little bit. She really loved all of his music. I loved his music, too. It's, it's great music. Still holds up. And, and he figured, okay, you like uh, Bob Marley and the Wailers? Well, you're going to love these guys. And he bought us a CD of the English Beats Beat This. It was a compilation of like all of their fucking hits. So the first song that comes on when we listen to that CD is Mirror in the bathroom, please don't speak. The door is locked, just you and me. And me and my sister were just getting way into it. <laughs> and we didn't listen to much else beyond that song. We were just... Did you listen to or did they play Save It For Later? That's another great song. By I'm pretty way. sure they did. Okay. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, of course, they could have played it and I missed it. <laughs> True. Yeah, because I didn't catch the whole set. I'm kind of kind of bummed about that. But I was there mainly for X. Cool. I had to see X. And boy, did did X come out and play a decent set. <laughs> <laughs> it was they were good songs, but honestly, you could you could tell that they were like uh fatigued. I mean, on top of uh on top of them being in the middle of the tour, the the guys, John Doe and Exine Kervanka, they're fucking old. They are old. There's no way, other way of saying it. <laughs> it's great that they're still doing what they're doing, and they just, uh, you know, they have new songs out, and they're still performing. But damn, they're just, <laughs> they're tired. <laughs> uh, I, don't mean to, I don't mean for that to sound uh, demeaning or anything, but it certainly showed on this set. For better or for worse, it was it was fine. But they played quite a few songs. Most of them were from uh, most of them were from albums that are a little lesser known. I mean, they started off with a song, uh, uh, "Water and Wine," that was from their uh, last album. Okay. Which was a, uh, yeah, what was it? Alphabet Land. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even know what happened. Me either. <laughs> yeah, and one thing that was funny, they played Los Angeles. Of course, they played that. Right. But that was like the first third of their set. I'm like, really? You're playing that hit obscenely early. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but what else have you got for me? Well, they played, uh, I got their whole set list right here. They were doing a lot of, uh, man, they did some uh, fucking like little jam session songs, like the guy coming out on the keyboard. Fantastic keyboard. It's just dancing around those uh, well, fake ivories. <laughs> <laughs> And doing little uh, dubs, little kind of a jam band stuff, which was, uh, you know, it's fine. But that's that was kind of the point in the set where it's like, okay, go and get your beer refilled and then <laughs> come back to this show. Uh, they saved a lot of their uh, old stuff for the uh, for the end. I haven't played, uh, uh, let's see, Sugar Light, Nausea, and Soul Kitchen. And then they, then they end their set, and then they come back for the encore with uh, Year One and Hungry Wolf. So I'm like, okay, this is a pretty good set. However, no Johnny Hit and Run Pauline. Go fuck yourself. Come on. That's <laughs> one of your best songs. <laughs> Johnny Hit and Run Pauline. Do, 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 do. Johnny Hit and Run Pauline. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's one thing I got to say. The more I listen to X, the more I realize the sort of Southwestern influence they have. It just sounds like a, 
it just sounds like electrified cowboy folk. Type of shit that we were hearing earlier on that fucking... The Lonesome King. Yeah, the Lonesome Kings. It's like Psycho Billy, but with an electric bass, not a stand-up bass. I think the stand-up bass is cool. puts out... Great bass sound. Oh yeah, that's cool. Besides the point, back to your X. But I just want to point that out. So yeah, X was X was pretty cool. If not just to see the, uh, you know, legends doing the legend thing, because X is still a great band. Their Los Angeles album is still fucking phenomenal. I think that's a I think it's a great record. I'm going to be talking about it next week. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now moving onward. A few days after that, Boss's daughter came back and. My band got to play with them, and it was great. That was a show that I was putting on, and I'm like, "Oh, great! A show in the middle of a th- in the middle of the week on a Thursday night. Who's gonna show up <laughs> besides the friends?" <laughs> well, the friends did show up. Good, and a few uh, youngsters showed up as well, but they didn't stick around for Boss's daughter. Oh, yeah. Some of the people that we invited, they uh, you know they came to see us, but we're like, please uh, stick around for ap- <laughs> apathetic, stick around for Boss's daughter because these guys are awesome. And the whole while, I'm just hoping, I hope Black Lung pays them fairly this time. <laughs> just one fifty, please, one fifty, and they got one fifty. Okay, so I was like, okay, enough people came in, they were able to make it work. <laughs> Good. Okay. Anyway, as for the bands that played, Dact. That was my. Uh, Third time seeing them and second time playing with them. I completely forgot that back in uh, 2021, Anonymous played the uh, anti-Christmas suicide prevention benefit show that uh, Parker McIntyre throws every year with different bands. And Anonymous happened to be on there with the band Tact. I was like, okay, this is awesome. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, and they're great. They're just fast fucking heavy hardcore with a bit of a psychedelic edge to it. It's like a punk band if it was on a Pulp Fiction soundtrack. <laughs> That's how I describe them. And don't trust anybody. I was stoked to have those guys on. I love DTA. I think they're they're one of the old school Salt Lake hardcore bands from the late 90s, back in the Grudge City days. And they are some of the nicest folks I've ever met. And talking with uh, Greg and Austin and Chet and Tyler. Or, and I'm sorry, not Tyler. Tyson. Well, they call him Tyrone as a sort of joke, but... <laughs> Uh, just talking with those guys, regaling us with stories from the hardcore days of old and uh, how so many fights were breaking up in the pit just because some motherfucker had long hair and was at a hardcore show. Yeah, it was a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> and how they were just, how they were insisting, it's not a gang, it's not a gang. You're showing up at shows wearing the same color shirts. <laughs> it's not a gang? Go <laughs> fuck yourself, right? Uh, but they were... Yeah, but Greg especially, he was beside himself at this show. He was saying how much fun it was. It was great to do mixed genre shows like that because DTA didn't sound like any other band on that bill. None of the bands really sounded alike. Well, Frick sounds closest to uh, Apathetics, sound-wise, lyric-wise. I mean, they're (laughs) they're a bunch of jokesters. They write (laughs) funny punk music. And I mean, like, lowbrow funny (laughs) punk. <laughs> uh, Frick was great that night too. They were the closers of that night. Uh, but funnily enough, I'm pretty sure that I am cursed because at least when it comes to uh, Frick's sets, because the two times that I've seen them, Preston, their bassist, always has something go wrong with his rig. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> yeah, and uh, didn't know what. I remember at one point he was, uh, you know, 
he was trying to assess the situation. Uh, Austin and Greg from uh, DTA come up and are like uh, switching out cables, checking the pedals and everything. And like, uh, maybe it's your amp, maybe it's your bass. They assume maybe it is the bass. So I give him my bass and it apparently works for a little bit. Oh. <laughs> and then some more shit keeps happening. It's like, just plug into the amp directly. And he plugs in directly and it seemed to work fine. So it's like, okay, something is going on with your gear. Right. <laughs> So yeah, I may be the I may be the frick curse, the frickin' curse, the but frick frick at curse. least this curse helped out. Nice. <laughs> Maybe it could have been the recourse, the recourse for the curse, reverse <laughs> the curse. Okay. Anyway, let's get to our set. Apathetics. We played pretty damn well, and we were stoked to be playing, uh, to be playing out uh, with Boss's daughter because the last time they came through when they played at uh, Aces, they. Uh, they asked us if we wanted to play. I said yes. The rest of the guys said no. I do not know why, but <laughs> that was the under tour was some kind of nightmare. And those were the only two bands that played that night. <laughs> I'm like, we really should have said yes. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> uh, but yeah, at least we got at least we got that sorted. Cool. So yeah, and the thing was, this was Apathetic's first time playing without Ben because Ben is uh, still incapacitated. He's doing well. Good. He's doing well. We just are, yeah, we just can't wait for you to get better, Ben, so you can get back behind the kit and give us the sound that we are so desperately needing with these new songs. Come on! <laughs> but our friend Jay, who was the drummer for Just For The Record, he did a stellar job, really rose to the occasion, and uh, and yeah, he was, he was perfect at imitating uh, Ben's drum beats, but of course, he's his own drummer, and he added his own little flair to him. Really made them his own, and he did very well. <laughs> so, Jay, thank you for rising up. And Blake, also from Just For The Record, thanks for coming in during Burnout Generation to, uh, you know, really bring home that fucking chant. Fuck you, I quit! <laughs> that was great. And also, thank you, Kyle, Kyle Smith of Monstrology, for for coming and laying down the solos in a live setting, the same ones that you laid down for our song Five to Life. Yeah, we never had to do that before. Have a guest come up on stage to play, uh, you know, to play his part in a recorded version, <laughs> and not only recorded, not even released. So, all you people who stuck around, you guys got a special treatment that night. That's cool. Yeah, it was a so yeah, we had a great set. But the thing is, with Black Lung, we have a. Uh, uh, we we can't hear ourselves that well because Black Lung is a small venue with a very high ceiling. So you need to get a better sound system or some soundproofing on those walls because this is uh, this is getting fucking ridiculous. <laughs> okay. But Boss's Daughter. Oh, man. The three of those guys, they just have a... They just have a good attitude on stage. <laughs> I mean, the stage in Black Lung is just an oversized drum riser. <laughs> the rest of the guys are playing on the floor, which is, which is fine. We, we love doing that. Um, but yeah, they just did it with a smile on their face. They were just uh, so precise in their instruments and uh, the way that they're playing. They're like Lagwagon meets Wilhelm scream or like a, or like pairs without the screaming and yelling parts. <laughs> if we're get, yeah, they're, they're like that. And boss's daughter's great. They just have such a, they just have such a great attitude and a great fucking presentation on stage and great fucking music. Great fucking music, I tell you. <laughs> uh, so it was great to have them back in. And here's a little side thing. You may have seen the flyers that I made. It was a, 
It was shaped like a postcard. The Bummer Summer Tour with Boss's Daughter, Apathetics, Frick, DTA, and Tat. And it's basically a skeleton on a beach chair, you know, on the shoreline. He's got a little margarita in his hand, sunglasses on his face. Even though he's a skeleton, he's sweating profusely. <laughs> he's underneath a palm tree holding the horns up in the sky while uh, there's a city backdrop, a, a, a horizon line on the background. And I was like, okay, that's great. That's sort of like a greetings from the, from the road. That was my intention. I wanted it to look like a postcard. And then I got to thinking, what if I made it a postcard? So uh, my friend Nikki, who uh, did the artwork for the flyer, we went to uh, FedEx and we had them printed out on cardstock. And my idea was like, I wanted to customize one postcard each, meaning I address it to every single member of every band that was playing that night. Wow. And then some. <laughs> so, so I did the thing, the dividing line in the middle, the four lines on the right side of the postcard for the address, and then the little square up in the corner of where the <laughs> stamp goes. I did that on like uh, 25 different cards. <laughs> So, and on each of one, I addressed them to each member. And then I did one for Black Lung. <laughs> I did one for Kyle, did one for Blake, did one for Jay. I did one for Ben, even though he was absent. And, and then I'm like, okay, that's good. But wait a minute. The left side of the postcard's looking very blank. <laughs> so I call up Nikki. Hey, here's an idea. How about you draw some little caricatures of each member? I will hunt down the photos so that you can put faces to wow. the names and you just go crazy. And she did that with the 24 hours notice, mind you. <laughs> this Jeez. was the night before the show I came up with this idea. And all day she was doing all those little caricatures in Sharpie. So uh, she, she really rose to the occasion. I was I going say. all out on these flyers at every single one of those members got theirs and they loved them. <laughs> they loved them. Some of them were just absolutely hilarious. She, the one that she made of Kyle, she modeled it after Ed from Ed, Ed and Eddie, <laughs> <laughs> big Ed, the one who talks like this. <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah, they loved it. Everyone was, Oh, and the guys from tact, all of their, uh, their wives, girlfriends, uh, partners, they were looking at that and they were laughing. <laughs> they thought it was so funny. They like had all of them hold one up next to each other of all three of the members and just like get a picture of it all. <laughs> so yeah, I remember telling this exact same story to my mom and she's like, where's yours? I'm like, Oh, I didn't have one of mine. And she was offended. <laughs> it's like, why, why don't you do that? I'm like, I wasn't really doing it for me. I was doing it for everyone else, but you put on the show, you got the bands together. You did the flyer. I'm like, okay, yes, granted, but I wasn't worried about me. <laughs> Uh, you just don't get it. Anyway, that's that was the boss's daughter show. Okay, now I have one more that I got to talk about. And that was the show I went to last uh, Saturday. Ankle Biter came through first time in SLC. Nice. Yep, Ankle Biter with uh, Wide Man, who were from Denver, and Portraits, and uh, oh God, what was it? Johnny Baseball opened up for him. Cool. And I posted the flyer. And the flyer was incomplete because it had all the aforementioned bands, but there was one more, TBA. <laughs> TBA. And I even made a joke like, we will finally get to catch a set of the elusive TBA, <laughs> who always seems to drop off of a show last minute and having to get replaced with somebody else. Right? <laughs> yeah, I get to thinking, maybe I should form a band called TBA <laughs> just for that fucking reason. 
just to fuck with people. That'd be funny. <laughs> I'd love that. Uh, but no, there was uh, apparently no other band that was uh, added onto the bill. It was just Johnny Baseball, Portraits, Wide Man, and Anklebiter. Okay. So Johnny Baseball, that was my first time seeing them. And they're, they're pop punk for hardcore kids. Think of like Story So Far, uh, Newfound Glory a little bit, uh, Four Years Strong, that type of stuff. Mid-2000s uh, sort of post-hardcore leaning into pop punk. Cool. That's what Johnny Baseball reminds me of. And they're good. Not exactly my style. I won't go out of my way to listen to them. Sorry, guys. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but live. They were, they were very lively. They were very fun. And portraits. Gotta love portraits. Those kids go fucking, they go fucking crazy. <laughs> okay, not that crazy. But their music is crazy. Cool. Yeah, I'm just waiting for them to record something uh, with a better production value than their demo. <laughs> Which, I mean, their demo is good. Their demo is good, but these kids, I'm like, you got so much to offer. Get something better out there. (laughs) (laughs) But they were good. They were awesome. And, and yeah, Wide Man, they were pretty good. They they were all right. You know, I didn't watch their whole set, but there was not much of me to, uh, uh, not much to keep me there. Okay. Yeah, so... I don't know. They just uh, kind of felt out of it. They were just kind of there. They're in. They're out. Whatever. Uh, but Ankle Biter, they were great. I watched their whole set, and I was uh, other, th- save for one time when uh, Joslyn, who uh, put on the show, uh, went went up with uh, two other people at the start of their set just to sing some sing some lyrics. I was the only one that got mic time during their set. And of course, it was to the song Catharsis, which I played on this on this show a few episodes ago. Cool. Yeah. I was the only one who knew the words. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, that's fucking awesome. And they thought it was awesome. I got up there during like the, I hope you kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. And then I just took the mic out of, uh, out of Rachel's hands like, a, go back to where you came from. And I just go, into the pit, I'm spinning the kicks and throwing the fists and uh, having a great old time just bumping into people. <laughs> okay, so, so that was great. And afterwards, they were like, hey, you, you said that you uh, mentioned us on one of your uh, podcasts? Yeah, the punk cast. Okay, I remember listening to that. It was their drummer who, or, I'm sorry, not their drummer, their guitarist who actually keeps up with all of that, oh, <laughs> all awesome. the social media and shit like that. So. I'm saying, hey, whenever you guys release something, I'll be sure to post it. Right. And I bought their seven inch. Uh, the name I cannot remember, but it's uh, it's a fucking great seven inch. One of the best that I've heard this year. So yeah, ankle biter. It was great to have you guys in this city, and I hope to see you back pretty soon. You know where to find us. <laughs> maybe I'll be on the bill with you. God, maybe I'm the one that has to book the show. Which is apparently something I'm doing more of these days. God, it's kind of stressful. Anyway, those are the shows that I've uh, attended in the last fortnight. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew this was going to be a loaded section, but, you know, I've been away for a minute. <laughs> well, we're going to get to the music. we got to get to the music. We've been away from the music. But real quick, uh, I went and saw Clover's Curfew at the DLC this past week. First time being at the DLC, embarrassingly enough. I haven't been there yet. Uh, cool spot. And... Uh, Clover's Curfew were there. I got to see them play Caligo West and the Red Horse Revival. That was cool set too. 
uh, hadn't heard of or seen them play. I did leave because Captain Daniels and the Sunnybrook Sailors, I was hoping to get to see them. I had to, I had to jet. But I'm planning on getting to see them sometime soon, so definitely get out and support them. I played them over on Punkanoi Worldwide, along with Clover's Curfew when I was doing some folk punk about a month ago. But uh, our pals in Clover's Curfew, they wrapped up their first part of their Sail Away Part 1 tour, the Sail Away Tour Part 1, that is. In Boise, they are going to be wrapping that up here on the 28th. And then they'll be starting Part 2, so be on the lookout on their social medias, Clover's Curfew. Uh, it was great. Danny and Jameson together on stage. It was awesome to get to see them. Uh, the crowd was really into them. Obviously, the, they must have been familiar with them, or at least the bands that were also playing with them were very similar enough in style that they brought out a great crowd that really enjoyed them. We've had them on the show. Looking forward to having them on the show again, so hopefully they come back through Salt Lake again at some point. Now we're going to mention some shows. Uh, I'm going to try to go through my list. There's a lot, but go through them really quick so we can get back to the music. First off, our pals in the attack. Uh, they're from Florida, but they are heading over to the UK. I think I mentioned some of this last week. They're doing a summer tour of July 30th through August 4th in the UK. On the 30th, they'll be at the Mosley Punk Festival. That's this weekend in Birmingham. Then on the 31st, the Arches Venue in Coventry. On August 1st, they'll be at the Salty Dog in Northwich. Then at the Black Heart in London on August 2nd. That's cool. And then they'll be uh, August 4th at Rebellion in Blackpool. So anybody out there in the UK, anywhere near those areas, definitely go see The Attack. They're awesome. Go say hi to Charlie, Brad, Mikey, and TJ. And if you go over to their social medias, you can probably go get your tickets already. Next... Uh, looks like Sabotage Noise Productions sent this our way so we can mention if you're going to be in or around Seattle, Washington on August 5th, that's a week from this Saturday, they are putting on a benefit for Capitol Hill Mutual Aid in Cal Anderson Park. Again, that's in Seattle. It'll start at 3 p.m. on the 5th. There'll be food, music, merch, zine tables, free entry, but donate what you can as the money that they do raise is going to, where is it, uh, it, Capitol Hill Mutual Aid. It's going to go towards Capitol Hill Mutual Aid, but they're doing good work on the ground, serving the unhoused and filling the gap the state leaves for people to fall through. So you can go check out the bands and help support there. The bands that it will be featuring at the block party there are Sister Wife Sex Strike. That is a hilarious name. I would want to go just to go see that. I don't <laughs> I like, have any idea what the like music they play, but that's fantastic. <laughs> Sister Wife Sex Strike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. They really, uh, they're starting a revolution down in Colorado City, I guess. Uh, also, there'll be John D. Reveler, T.I.T., Free Tampons, Florida Man, and Desmadrina dot sound system so those will all be performing uh again it's august 5th and uh you can go check it out cal anderson park by olive street so go support them sabotage noise productions on instagram if you want to get more details than what i just put out <sighs> yeah <laughs> there, there, there's a lot. I'm going to try to spit them out super quick. So our pals in Heavy Manners from the UK, they're coming over to the States, and that will be August 2nd through 6th. They'll be kicking it off on the 2nd in Philly, 
then Kearney, New Jersey on the third, Brooklyn, New York on the fourth, Boston on the fifth, Wallingford, Connecticut on the sixth. So go out and check out, I think I said, did I just say Heavy Manners? That's the Heavy Manners Tour. Crown Court is the band. I don't know what <laughs> the fuck I was just saying. Manners be heavy, Doc. <laughs> right? They, they just put out their Heavy Manners uh, EP just a couple months back. Crown Court is the band. Ronnie plays in the band. Go say hi to Ronnie if you're in any of those areas, because Ronnie is fucking awesome. He was on the interview we did with Day Drinker, but Ronnie plays in several bands, so I can't say he's exclusive to Crown Court or exclusive to Day Drinker. He's in plenty of other bands as well. Yeah. Uh, the Pawns, they will be playing on July 28th. Uh, they will be playing with guest band TBC at Gig, whatever that means, to be something. We were just talking about TBA. Well, there's TBC, too, and I'm sure it means the same thing. Also, To, to be ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marigold, Spitfire, and The Riz will also be playing. It is at Off the Cuff. Uh, looks like Hearn Hill, uh, The Ponds, Road to Rebellion. So that is in London at Off the Cuff. and They'll be playing with those other bands. So there you go. The Ponds also working their way over to Rebellion Festival. Uh, I'm sure a few of these bands that I will mention, uh, be mentioning are on July 29th, Triangle Fire, Degenerate, Scum, Aaron, Incoherent, uh, Fuck's Sake. God, some of the fonts, man. Make the fonts easier, man. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Body Kit. All of those bands will be playing in Philly at Sherwood Upstairs Lounge. And again... Uh, Body Kit? Body kit, yeah. Body kit, body kit. Yes. <laughs> it's a $10 show. It's an all-ages show. Looks like starting at 7, and that is on July 29th. So go check them out. Triangle Fire coming up from Athens, Georgia. We played them on the show not too long ago. Uh, next up, i got to sift through some of these flyers. We're not going too far out. August 5th, you can go see The Havoc, Dogface Bastards, The Afraid, uh, Angels of Mischief, Mischief. Cause of Death at Characters Bar in Pomona. Uh, again, on August 5th, it's 21 and older show, and it is at 6 p.m. Then you can go see Billy Club, The Attack. I was just mentioning The Attack, but here's the lineup at the Salty Dog Show in Northwich. Uh, it's Billy Club, The Attack, 1983, Red Lights, Kicked in the Teeth. It's only five pounds, and it's 6 p.m. That's on Tuesday the 1st next week. Uh, so go check out our pals in The Attack, and that's the lineup for that specific show. Uh, I think Violent Way is doing a bunch of the shows with Crown Court, but the Crown Court and Violent Way are playing uh, with Restraining Order and The Abductors, and that's the Wallingford, Connecticut show at Cherry Street Station. It's 20 bucks in advance, 25 at the door, so you know what to do. Save 5 bucks and get the tickets in advance. Uh, and go see Crown Court coming over from the UK with Violent Way. Uh, that one is going to be awesome. Oh, if I didn't say that was Sunday, August 6th. So I read their tour earlier, but that is the specific as far as the lineup for the Cherry uh, Station show. Mm -hmm. Then, <laughs> yeah, there's plenty. Uh, now this one's later in August. We'll talk about this. Antagonizers are doing a European tour uh, August 6th. They are kicking it off in Rebellion, but the rest of the shows are after, so we'll save that for the next week. 
Uh, I have a few more flyers. I'm going to sift through them because I think a few are further out. Eric, why don't you go over your list before I start wrapping up this one? Okay. Yeah, I got uh, a few, and I mean just a few for the next uh, upcoming uh, week and a half or so. On the 29th, there's going to be something called Bonk Fest. That's going to include Snuff Tape, DeBrider, and Johnny Baseball. Baseball. Johnny Baseball. Yep. That's a... Yeah, and that's great because Snuff Tape, that's total fucking uh, tough guy, beat down hardcore. DeBrider is uh, is just straight like death grind pretty much. And then Johnny Baseball, well, I already told you about them. Emo f- pop punk for hardcore kids. Right. <laughs> That'll be at the DLC. It's uh, $10 to enter and starts at 7 p.m. Uh, the DLC, for those of you that can't remember, it's the venue that is inside Quarters Barcade in downtown Salt Lake. On the second, Grim Earth will be coming from Olympia, Washington. <laughs> Back uh, to Olympia. That's where they're going. Back yeah. to. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're playing with NARC, Ribbons, and All Systems Fail. Yeah, again, more on them later. That'll be at your mom's house. It's a, request, a requested $10 donation is in order, and that starts at 6 p.m. Then on the third... The fucking offspring are coming to Salt Lake with some 41 and simple plan. So a lot of fucking uh, simple pop punk kids are going to have a blast with their parents. <laughs> That's going to be at USANA Amphitheater. Um, I don't know what the tickets are, but it's USANA Amphitheater. It could be 35 bucks if you're in the lawn seats. It could be two or 300 bucks if you're going into the pit. Right. Um, I don't know how many tickets are still available, but you know. Uh, with those types of shows, you take what you can get. True. So, yeah, it'll be pretty pretty fucking awesome. I've only seen The Offspring once, and I liked them. I liked them. And that was the the whole idea of me going was for their uh, 20th anniversary of the album Smash. Oh, so cool. them playing Smash front to back, fuck yeah, I'm going to go check that out. So, and that was great. That was a fun time. So I'm I'm satisfied. So unless Offspring are doing a fucking 30th anniversary tour of that album next year, that's when I'm going to... I won't be seeing them again. <laughs> uh, I'm not that huge an Offspring fan. They're good, but not enough for me to sell my soul and go to USANA <laughs> Amphitheater. <laughs> anyway, on the 7th, uh, Sorcia, Saroset, and Holdra all be playing at Ace's High Saloon. And I don't know how much that show is. Uh, Ace's High shows, they usually start at 8 p.m., so... Just kind of find out when you get to the door. I don't know who Sorcia is, but Saroset and Holdra, two fucking great uh, sort of a sludgy, doomy metal bands in Salt Lake. And, and yeah, that's all I got for uh, upcoming shows. Uh, if any more happen, follow the SLC Hardcore page. All right, we got to get to the music, so I'm going to quickly spit out the next few. The Raging Nathans are going to be doing a European tour. They're starting on, they started on July 22nd, so they're already over there. Uh, they'll be playing. They've already done a couple shows in the Netherlands. They'll be doing a bunch in Germany, uh, UK, leading themselves up to Blackpool, I assume as well. Uh, oh, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. But they are doing European tour. Uh, they'll be going all the way through August first or August first, August eleventh. So they're going to be in Europe until August eleventh. Go over to the Raging Nathans on Instagram, and you can see the flyer to see specifically where. Me First and the Gimme Gimmies are doing a European tour. They actually start on July 28th and goes through August 13th. They'll be hitting uh, Spain, Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, and uh, Italy even. And so Gimme Gimmies band, and you can go see the specific dates as to where. 
Then our pals in Dead 77 are doing a European tour. Theirs also started on the 21st. They've already done some shows in, looks like, Germany and Belgium. They still have more to go in Germany, Italy, Austria, Czech Republic, more in Germany, it looks like. And they will be on tour through August 5th, wrapping up in Blackpool at Rebellion Festival. Head over to at Dead77Official, and you can get more of those dates if they're coming to your town. Then there is a show on July 29th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You can go see Last Rites with uh, the Crosses, Citizen, sorry, Citizen, 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 Nauseous, Righteous, or no, Right House, Right House. Right, Charles? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a misspelling. Uh, Murder Generation, Poison Boys, M545, DOS. There's no cover. It's 21 and older. Show starts at 2 p.m. Uh, Dead Living, Open Fire, Shitbag, Flying Heads. It looks like quite a bit going on. And maybe Last Rites is actually the name of the venue. I'm not sure. But head over to at Nauseous underscore Chicago, and you can get uh, some more details on that one than I provided. So if you're going to be in Milwaukee and want to go, check that out. Murphy's Law is doing a European tour. They're started on July 21st as well, and they've got France, Belgium, Germany, Austria, Italy, Belgium, Germany, France, Netherlands, UK, wrapping up on August 6th in Blackpool at Rebellion Festival as well. So... Uh, go over to Murphy's Law on Instagram, and you can see their flyer, and go check out their show if they are in a town near you, if you're over in Europe. Uh, one of those Crown Court lineups, Crown Court Violent Way, this one is the Kearney, New Jersey lineup. It also features the Bad Ups, Never Again, Doc Martin Sound System. That's the Thursday, August 3rd show, so if you're in Kearney, go pay 20 bucks and head over to Jimmy's Bar and Grill on Midland Avenue. It looks like doors are opening at 6.30. There's a lot of bands going on, so make sure you get over there. Uh, last couple, uh, looks like this one is Saturday, August 5th. Barking Mad is going to be playing with Tiger Bunny and DJ Crusher Jones. Yeah, DJ Crusher Jones. Uh, and then Cobra Thighs are uh, also playing and this is at the Route 6 Cafe in Avon, Colorado, 9 p.m., free show. So go check out those bands. Go check out Barking Mad. We were just talking about Barking Mad a little bit earlier. On July 29th, Compound Creatures invite only skate sesh. The bands include uh, Paint the Town Rad. That's a great name. Fallen Legacies, Andrew and the Cockblockers, Rabbit Assault, uh, Violates Community Standards, and it's in Hemet, California, so you can go check that one out. And the last one I'll mention is our pals in Bricks and Mortar have two shows coming up. Uh, one in Salem, Massachusetts on the 28th at Chagall Pack Artist Row. And the other one in AO AOH 104 Boston Street in Salem as well. That's on August 5th. Go check out uh, Bricks and Mortar. That's all I got. Eric, let's get over to the albums. I think it's been a long time since we played any music. So why don't <laughs> oh, you talk yeah. about some music that we're going to play? Okay. So it took me a long time, but I finally, finally, finally decided to tell myself, you got to play some fucking all systems fail on this show. <laughs> They've only been a band for over 20 years. I think, I think it's about time. And I'm True. like, yeah, you know, I have played quite a few of... Uh, 
quite a few from bands of the old guard in Salt Lake. I've played Insight. I've played fucking uh, DTA before. I played Endless Struggle, albeit it was a new song, but I still <laughs> played them. <laughs> but I never got around to All Systems Fail. And All Systems Fail was one of the first local punk bands that I saw when I started going to, you know, underground shows. I remember seeing them with Handy Capitalist and Discoid A, and I think a band from uh, uh, from Washington. I think they were called Desolate. I don't remember, but I remember seeing those three local bands, and All Systems Fail really stood out to me. I was like, these guys are fucking incredible. So, All Systems Fail, they are a crusty anarcho-punk with a D-beat twist and are as fucking ferocious as they were when they first started 20 years ago. That was 03. 03. They've been around. That's uh, with... It was brought together by uh, Jorge, Travis, and Rich, the singer, bassist, and drummer. And they, yeah, they brought it together back then. And each have not played in like similar bands prior to, including Rich. He fucking played drums in Os Rotten. So that's a nice little feather in the cap. Os Rotten is no thin. Uh, they're not big per se, but in the punk community, they're fucking legends. Right. Yeah, and Os Rotten was one of those bands that I was listening to like, okay, I understand punk is like rancid and Ramones and uh, bad religion, but us rotten, these guys are on a different level. What the fuck? <laughs> so, so yeah, that energy was translated into a lot of all systems fails music, which is angry, coarse, and dirty. <laughs> the <laughs> it's basically made them emblematic of the anarcho crust surge in SLC. And, in my opinion, have yet to be met by any of their surrogates. I'm sorry. I just think, uh, you know, all systems fail kind of set the standard, and no one's yet to meet that. <laughs> sorry, Narc. <laughs> uh, Narc isn't really that uh, crusty. They're whatever. Power violence kind of took over. No crust bands are in Salt Lake now. Anyway, their EP, their, not their EP, their LP. They've had a few EPs, but the one LP that they have is their self-titled one, released on Alerta Antifascista Records in 2004, which is based out of Germany. And it's a thunderous display of urgency in their lyrics, and it matches the music. And the music and lyrics, it's direct reactions to the political disdain at the time, you know, which songs were you know, in which these songs were written. It was the mid-2000s. It was against the Bush administration and the Patriot Act and occupation in Iraq the overall and the overall war on terror, leaving this society as like a paranoid, anxious, and frightened mess. And we're still dealing with the residuals to this day. And that's sort of the sad thing about the music that they wrote back then. I was reading the lyrics, and I'm like, oh, shit, we're uh, not out of the woods, folks. <laughs> We're just in a different part of the woods. Different trees, same uh, fucking uh, confusion. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so, yeah, what song could I even choose on this one? Well, I chose No Government Can Give You Freedom. I'm like, yeah, that's very on the nose. And it emphasizes that freedom is sort of a, it's a state of mind. You know, it's uh, unique to the individual. It's only plausible by making it so on your own, on your own volition. Having to put your faith into a one-size-fits-all system is just setting yourself up for disaster. And, you know, you'll be disappointed. You'll be depressed. <laughs> you'll be blaming everybody but yourself. 
But the idea is like put faith in yourself, set your own standards, recognize your personal morals, and know where your allegiances lie. So, in short, no government can give you freedom. Only you can give yourself freedom. So here we are, finally, at long last, some all systems fucking fail. government can give you freedom and the unity where did it go <laughs> where are your human rights <laughs> yeah god damn it i love how vicious that fucking song is and this was when uh this was before they got a uh, uh, jess in the band the uh, uh the little uh pint-sized vocalist <laughs> <laughs> uh but before then it was just uh jorge and travis uh alternating on vocals then they got jess in and then they started uh uh, implementing her into the uh, into the strain of things, and also they said in a, in an interview they did with Slug back in uh, 07, somewhere around there, wow. they said that it was necessary because then they could have songs that were written from a female perspective that you know a man couldn't write about because you know we don't have that same experience. True. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing with the uh, crust bands. That's what that's why so many of them have compared them to nausea. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a great one. I just love how I just love how that thing fucking attacks, and I love that little thrashy part in the uh, in the middle there. <laughs> oh, and the and the other thing I got to point out, uh, since Jorge is originally from uh, Mexico, uh, when he came up here in the states in the late '90s, early 2000s, he uh, was having trouble connecting with people because of the uh, language barrier, and it wasn't until he met Travis that he could. Uh, you know, speak comfortably around him because Travis, I guess, knew Spanish. Oh, cool. So, and 
you know, they linked up because, yeah, you're a punk, I'm a punk, let's fucking do some shit together. And that's, that's where cool. All Systems Fail came from. So it, that's more or less the story that uh, uh, that happened. Great. <laughs> of how it happened. That is cool. Yeah, so uh, the thing that I'm pointing out is on uh, on the LP, I have the LP, you can... Uh, you pull out the sleeve, and it has the lyrics in English on one side and Spanish on the other. So even though the songs themselves aren't, you know, they're not sung in English, they are, are they are sung in English. But you can, uh, if you're if you're speaking Spanish, you can follow along and you can get the message. Cool, you know. So that's pretty fucking awesome. Kind of like what uh, Casualties did with uh, that compilation in La Leña del Frente. <laughs> that was just. Uh, that was just the same songs, but they were sung in Spanish. Oh. Thanks to uh, another lead singer named Jorge. <laughs> God damn. Kind of funny. I guess it's a common name down there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the second song I wanted to do is the one that, you know, they always play this at their, at their shows because it's probably the most catchy. It's the one that gets everybody uh, moving, including myself. It was the first song I really like caught on to when I first started seeing them live. And that was Bully Boys. Bully Boys. And Bully Boys, it's exactly how it sounds. It's just calling out all the individuals who are bringing their toxic machismo to shows. You know, trying to get all tough and pick fights and fuck around with kids in the pit. Like, just not just push them, shove them when they're just going around in a fucking circle. You know, they just come here for no other reasons than to show off and pick fights and uh, ruin others' experience who are just there to have fun. So, yeah, fuck you guys. That's been going on for a long time, and I think it's time we stop. But no one's going to listen. So until then, we're just going to keep calling you out, bully boys. Just a 
Yep, still something that holds true to this day, like most of the subjects on this record. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all systems fail. They are still around. They are still kicking. They are still playing. They did a tour in uh, Central America a couple years ago with uh, Mandalore. Right? Yep. Yeah, if you remember the interview we did with them back in, uh, I think it was March of 2021. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was somewhere around that time. It was spring of 2021. They were, uh, yeah, it makes sense because they were going on tour at the end of April. So, yeah, that's, where it, that's when it was. End of, yeah, end of April or end of March, beginning of April. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> No, it was. It was the, uh, they were going on tour at the end of April, but their kickoff was at the fucking beginning of that month, which was really funny. I remember because my band was playing, Anonymous was playing three shows in April, the first, the 15th, and the 30th. So, yeah, the first was the show we were doing with uh, Sacrilegion and Project Sellout. Okay. Okay, that was that was it. And their tour <laughs> kickoff show was that same night, just at a different location. It was Project Sellout with Mandalore and All Systems Fail, and uh, I think the Usurpers were on that. I yeah, I designed the flyers for those shows, so <laughs> now we're on track. It was March of 2021, episode 217, maybe. Oh uh, God, I could be I could be fucking up with that, but listen to that interview. It is fucking hilarious <laughs> so some of the shit we were saying with these uh, straight edge nerds it was fucking crazy uh, so yeah all systems fail they are the ogs they are among like the uh, big four of like old school uh, salt lake uh, punk hardcore they're right up there with a uh, dta and endless struggle and i guess insight so yeah finally got to them finally cool. got to them now the next step is playing something from cherim or clear or uh oh no i did tamerlane Oh, city to city. I got plenty of Salt Lake Hardcore to get through. Oh, fuck. Pushing up daisies, too. <laughs> Damn. Check that out on the Grudge City Activities uh, website. You can download the zip files on there. Nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dan, for still uh, curating that, even though apparently no one goes on there anymore. <laughs> but he's doing. He's keeping the idea alive with Ill Will Zine. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's all systems fail. And, yeah, they still are failing. But the band is doing great. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got Oil Change. Great band out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, they released an album called Unfinished on July 7th, so just a few weeks back. I would venture to say it would be a mini LP, only for the instance that there's eight tracks plus, plus. so in addition to the eight tracks, there's a cover. So the cover track, I'm actually going to play on a covers episode I'm planning on doing very soon over on Punkinoy Worldwide, so you can tune in on that. If you want to just get the album for yourself, it's got some really cool, they have black, but they also have some cool splatter. I like it. It matches the album artwork very well. You can head over to Truck Stop Toilet Records. That's where I got mine from. Bram, we were just talking about his band Barking Mad. Uh, you can get it there, or you can also get it at Dismantled Records. Both great record labels, so you can get the vinyl there. You can also go get it digitally if you'd like. Uh, again, it's called Unfinished. I did play the track Whenever that's also featured on here, but it was released as a single back in like May of 2022, and I played it in June of 2022 on Punkinoy Worldwide. And I love that track. It's fantastic. Might even be my favorite track on the uh, LP there, but... 
there's a lot of really great ones, so we're not going to play it here. I'm currently working on trying to set up an interview with the band, so I'm not going to cover too much more. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to actually do that with the band, and the band can cover the details. And maybe we'll play whenever on the punk cast on that episode. But we'll cover that when we get to that. In the meantime, let's play some tracks from it. You get an idea of what we will hopefully be getting into with an interview, hopefully before too long. And the band, again, Oil Change, released Unfinished. We are going to check out track number one. It's called Ten Years. Ten years you tell them to get fucked. Ten years ago you said there ain't no freedom. Ten years ago today you stop and say your rules are for the folks. Ten years your fans were in. Good stuff there. Uh, I did forget to mention, and I will mention, we'll save uh, everything else for the interview. Uh, The band features ex-members of Chernobyl Babies. Great band, great punk band there. Uh, Definitely recommend going and checking them out. Maybe we'll play something from that band when we do the interview episode. Like I say, still working on the details on when we'll do that, but great stuff nonetheless. Uh, We got one more, then we're going to wrap up the show with some death metal and just some, some regular old metal. (laughs) <laughs> it's all metal, man. Right. <laughs> the metal man. All right, we're going to do the title track, which is track number five. It is unfinished. Let's do one more. Here's Oil Change again. You are 
Another great one there. That is the title track, Unfinished. Yep. Such a smart-ass name. <laughs> I think it's funny. Like, uh, all the old-school old skinhead bands, they were always making uh, innuendos in their names, like Coxpar, Sham69, the Foreskins, you know? Right. Nowadays, it's like, uh, let's see where we can put Oi in our <laughs> in our title, like the Oi Scouts or Noise. Right. <laughs> and now oil change i'm like yeah that's a bit of a stretch too <laughs> i think there's a band that's just called oil but the exact same thing o-i exclamation point l oil <laughs> <laughs> oh boy there was a band called oil it was uh it was one of uh darren malakian's uh old bands like a uh, pre-cky bands okay yeah uh, but that band never went anywhere, yeah. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> All right, well, check that new one out. Again, you can go check it out. Did over. I say Darren Malakian? That's System of a Down. Darren, Darren Miller. There you go. <laughs> from fucking CKY. You said that, and I thought, huh, Oops. I didn't realize that, but uh, I don't know. I'm not going to correct you. <laughs> we'll let you correct yourself. All right. I did. <laughs> go go, go uh, over to Truck Stop, Toilet Records, and or Dismantled Records, and you can check out that uh, Unfinished is the name of the LP. Uh, Oil Change, great band. Working on lining up that interview, like I said, so hopefully here before too long, you will hear us getting to talk with the band. Eric, we're going to wrap up the show with some metal. What do you got? Okay, I got a band that I've talked on this show twice. Twice. And they were the first death metal band I ever listened to. That band, first name Arch, last name Enemy, <laughs> from Homestead, Sweden. <laughs> yeah, Arch Enemy. Goddamn, that band was fucking rad. And then they got a new singer. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> the second singer, Angela Gasso. That's the that is the era of Arch Enemy Enemy to where I flocked to. <laughs> so but yeah, I've talked about Arch Enemy uh, twice on this show. I played two of my most favorite fucking songs, Silent Wars, and that was back in 2020. And then last year, or not even last year, earlier this year, I played the song Nemesis. That was when I was going to see them for the first time when they were touring with Behemoth. Cool. That was a fun fucking time. Anyway, I'm so bummed I never got to see Arch Enemy with Angela Gasso. No disrespect to you, Alyssa, but... <laughs> There's a standard that needs to be met. I digress. Uh, yeah, they were founded back in 1995 by uh, Michael Amit and their original vocalist, Johan Iba. And Michael Amit, he was also playing guitar in Carcass, and he still plays in Carcass. Cool. Or, uh, actually, no, never mind. He was playing with Carcass up until recently. I think the, I think it was the last album was the uh, Surgical Steel one or the, uh, I, I don't know. The one with the, cir <laughs> the circle of all the surgical fucking instruments on the album cover. Whatever. Their first album was uh, Black Earth in 1996, and I listened to that one today, and I'm like, oh, God, it is rough. <laughs> it is really <laughs> rough. Uh, Johan, he sounds more like uh, Barney Greenway from Napalm Death than uh, anything. So it was like <laughs> Napalm Death, but with like more uh, <laughs> technical aspects in their music. Not much, but enough. Uh, soon they uh, signed to Century Media, and they've been there ever since. They released two more albums with Leva before he uh, left and was replaced with Angela Gosso, who was uh, from Germany. Okay. That was in 2000. Their first album with Gosso was Wages of Sin, which, funnily enough, is the album that their current singer, Elisa White Glues, says made her fall in love with metal. 
So, well, go around, come around, ma'am. Okay. That's fucking rad. So that brings us to Anthems of Rebellion, the second album that was released by Arch Enemy with Angela Gosso and is my fucking favorite record. My favorite song may not be on there, but this is my favorite record from Arch Enemy because it, it saw them tightening their melodic death metal sound with some added innovations. The song End of the Line features some clean backing vocals from the other guitarist, Chris Emmett. Or maybe he's not the guitarist. I think he's their bassist. Doesn't matter. There's cleans. There's cleans in this album. And then some sultry, calming instrumentals like Marching on a Dead End Path or a Dead End Road and the song Anthem. And let's talk about Anthem. There are some anthemic songs on here like We Will Rise and Dead Eyes See No Future. <laughs> I mean, it's in the title, you know, Anthems of Rebellion. And then there's the thrash-inspired Despicable Heroes. Oh, God, that thing is just, it's over and done with in like two and a half minutes, which is usually half the length of one of their songs, or even two-thirds. Uh, so overall, the album's theme is coded with this essence of triumph through rebellion. As the title and the album cover would suggest, the album cover is like a series of, uh, of people all in a line, and the one in front and center is like ripping off its face. Like, a, not in a gory way, but the thing is, like, uh, all the figures, they're faceless. They have no fucking faces. It's, like, very Orwellian. Okay. And the one in the center is, like, pulling the mask off, as it were, and, like, uh, revealing that I do have a face. <laughs> Anthems of Rebellion. So it's a very punk rock fucking de Swedish death metal album. And... And yeah, it's all about calling out society's uh, contention dis despite the misgivings of the powers that be and what they plan to do to change it. And the where is that better exemplified than in the song of today, Leader of the Rats? And I recommend watching the music video for this because it's it takes those uh, aforementioned figures, the faceless figures that you see in the album cover and, you know, depicting a fucking 1984-esque dystopia uh, you know, it's even like a reference to Big Brother. You know, this face watching over all of the fucking things. The leader of the rats, as it were. And the imagery reminds me of uh, the movie They Live. Because, like, you got these uh, TV screens that are flashing with words like obey and submit. <laughs> <laughs> no thoughts, no ideas. And, and, yeah, then there's these lines of all those faceless drones moving in unison. Just uh, you can just almost picture the sound of the marching drums. So, so yeah, that kind of sets the tone. I never really went in sort of in depth on Arch Enemy than I did now. I feel like it's just dudes. And why am I playing this song? Because this album, Anthems of Rebellion, is turning twenty in just a couple of days. So, more on that later. But let's listen to Leader of the Fucking Rats. <laughs> Thank you. 
animosity dirt infested minds leader of the rats spreading their disease god damn i love that <laughs> you can expect more of that on this uh, fucking record and i was thinking i was hoping rather i knew it was a pipe dream but it's like you know anthems of rebellion one of the albums that really put arch enemy on the map and really made uh, angela gosso a force to be reckoned with as far as a fucking vocalist goes and a front woman, because holy shit, she can command an audience <laughs> based on the live footage I've seen. Wish I could have experienced it, but that was the thing. I was hoping that they would bring Gosso back and they do like a, a 20th anniversary show or fucking tour, maybe, with the <laughs> original vocalist. Well, she's not the OG vocalist, but the vocalist that was on that fucking album is what I'm saying. <sighs> would be nice. <laughs> But no, Anthems of Rebellion, it turns uh, 20 in just a couple of days. Turns 20 on the 28th of this month. So quite a, quite a fucking milestone. And again, 
just dripping with political rhetoric, sociopolitical rhetoric, and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's still applicable to this day. I know, I know. I'm sort of going with a theme on this episode. I kind of realize there's a lot of of political stuff in the songs that I chose between Incendiary and All Systems Fail. The only one that isn't was that fucking Restraining Order track. <laughs> but that's still kind of inadvertently had a connection to the fucking news bomb that we dropped. True. Yeah. So yeah, what are you gonna what are you gonna end this episode with, Dustin? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna end the episode now. I think we're we're running out of time and uh. we need to get the show wrapped up. There won't be quite enough time for that track, so I'm gonna save that metal track for the next week. Yeah, stupid headlines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a lot going. Uh this episode, uh this punk sandwich had an extra large filling on this one so yeah some extra mayo <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna wrap the show up now thank you for joining us uh you can tune uh, into us on itunes spotify stitcher amazon music player fm podvine verbal and slcpunkcast.com you can go check out pal radio it's streaming we're gonna be doing dj stuff and expanding the pal radio but it is going 24 7 so you can go check that out uh, at restraining or the bands are found on Instagram at restraining order HC at convict underscore class at willful disobedience band at RNR manifesto as lonesome kings don't have anything so you can go check out uh, RNR manifesto for rock and roll manifesto at incendiary HC at the craze punk at x all systems fail x at oil change punks and that's punks with an x at arch enemy official shows at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on my Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. And also uh, check out my bands on Instagram, anonymous at anonymous underscore band official and the apathetics at theapathetics.slc. Find us on Facebook at anonymous SLC and at the apathetics. And check out our music and other merch from our on our band camps at AnonymousSLC.BandCamp.com and TheApathetics.BandCamp.com. We are working on new music, and we're making some headway on it. Cool. Apathetics closer than Anonymous, admittedly, but check that shit out when it comes there. <sighs> check out my other podcast, Lead Melodies, on Instagram at LeadMelodies underscore podcast, and on Facebook at Lead.Melodies.Podcast.SLC. Stream the episodes on Anchor.FM. And check out the SLC Hardcore page. Like I said, when I was talking about, when I was plugging all the shows, if I missed any, it's possible that I'll be uh, uh, posting them on there. So if you're in the area and you want to see some fucking heavy fucking shit, then uh, keep up to date with SLC Hardcore, folks. <laughs> nice. Uh, the bands are found on Facebook at Restraining Order HC at Convict.class, Willful Disobedience at Incendiary HC at The Craze NYC. At X All Systems Fail X at Oil Change Punks at Arch Enemy Official and the shows at SLC Punkcast. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you for listening all the way up to this point. Once again, go check out Power Radio. Eric, any final thoughts for a wrap up show? Well, I just want to call back to uh, what uh, Greg and company were telling me at the uh, show, saying how uh, uh, no one in the hardcore scene likes them anymore. <laughs> it's like. Why? It's like, well, you know, hardcore kids get, they sort of form this whole cool guy club. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all these people just uh, sort of, uh, they're into uh, what's in at the time and DTA's old news. And, you know, there's a lot of drama that follows that shit. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. 
Now the hardcore kids, as, a, as well with uh, any fucking scene, is like, I love you guys. I got nothing against you as individuals. <laughs> but when you start to clot, when you start to conglomerate, that's when a lot of your individuality is lost and you start getting this fucking hive mind personality. You know, and I don't sit well with that because a lot of drama starts forming through all these fucking little cliques. Thankfully, they're not as violent as they once were, <laughs> but still, the idea is still there, and that sucks. And me, I'm like, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Me personally, I hold no allegiance to anybody but myself. And, you know, I set my own standards, and so long as what I'm doing isn't harming anybody... If you find something offensive about that, then fuck you. You're not worth keeping in my life anyway. So True. So, yeah. <laughs> if that's what you uh, take, if you find offense in me just living my life, despite the fact I'm causing no harm to you, then, buddy, check yourself. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's what I got to say. But DTA, thank you guys for uh, fucking playing. It was great. Here's to uh, future shows. Play the fucking outro. Play the fucking outro.